Hey, welcome to The Revolutionized Mind, a platform about all things mental health. I'm your host, Angelica Galuzzo, and on this show, we use real stories and eye-opening conversations to make you feel less alone and a little more optimistic about what's ahead of you. Come on a journey with me. Bring your most authentic self, and let's revolutionize the mind. Reforming society, repairing your mentality, restoring your life. This is The Revolutionized Mind. Hi, everybody. I hope you're having an amazing week. Looking forward to the weekend. Hopefully you get some time off for yourself to really engage in an activity that is meaningful to you. I've been working so much lately, which honestly I'm really grateful for. I've been saying it's grind time, so I'm definitely sticking to that. But I've definitely found myself with really low energy, signs of burnout, and that's really affecting my mental health in other ways. So I'm finding that it is a great time to practice more self-compassion, set boundaries, and all that fun stuff that we know and love to really make sure that I am protecting my own limits while also taking care of myself and also making sure that I'm still just enjoying the job because obviously I'm currently doing something that I love and I don't want feelings of overwhelm and burnout to really take away from that. So it's been a lot of reflection and kind of assessing priorities, making sure I'm doing that self-care when I have extra time to really just allow myself to fill that cup back up. So yeah, I just wanted to share a little bit of that in case anybody else is in a similar boat to just remind you that it is okay and it is productive and encouraged and necessary to put yourself first, especially when you have a lot going on. So just make sure that you are setting some time aside for your own well-being and your own self-care, whatever that looks like to you. Moving on to today's topic, I am so excited to release this episode as it's something that I was not very knowledgeable about personally, and I know the general public is also not either. So Athena is also a podcast host, but she is a period recovery coach, so she's very knowledgeable on women's health, periods, menstruation cycle, and all of that fun stuff. So I will say this conversation is a little bit content heavy, so I encourage you to pull out a notebook and take notes. No, I'm kidding. Don't do that. Podcasts are supposed to be fun, but there's definitely a lot of information that she shares that might not stick the first time you listen through. If it's something completely new to you like me when I was editing this a few times, I found new pieces of content that really stuck with me each time I listened to it. So If it's too much to absorb at once, definitely, I'll say, take breaks or come back and re-listen to it or take notes if you do enjoy that. I think that growing up in a female body, I obviously have a lot of experience with periods and hormones and the lovely cycle that we go through every month, but it's actually mind-boggling to me how little we know and are taught about our bodies, like This thing, hopefully, is supposed to happen to you every month if you have a uterus, but there's so little education around why it's happening, how we can actually use it to our advantage, and everything else in between. There's just so much that I learned from today's conversation that hopefully might be new for someone else as well, 
But the most interesting, I guess, concept out of this whole conversation and something I'm seeing a lot more of on social media and that we really delve into, I just wanted to introduce here, is the idea of aligning your lifestyle to your cycle. So that's nutrition, sleep, exercise, and things like that, that you can really alter and modify in a way that serves where you are in your cycle. So Athena really breaks that down for us and describes like where you're at in your cycle, what kind of foods would best benefit you, what kind of exercises your body is most capable of doing at that time of the month. And there's just so much to know. And that's what I mean like by using it to our advantage is because we know, again, hopefully it should be happening every month. So how can we work with our body in the healthiest, most productive way? So yeah, she will definitely do a much better job of explaining it than I just did, but this conversation is definitely one that has so much stigma around it, and I have no clue why, so I just wanted to say thank you for even clicking play on this episode, because I think by having these conversations and by putting out this information, that's really going to change how we perceive what a period is and kind of reduce some of that shame that's associated with it, which, again, no clue why that's there, but anyway... I really hope you enjoy this conversation and are able to learn as much as I did. And as always, thank you so, so much for supporting this podcast and enjoy. So today I'm here with Athena Krilly from the Finding Flow podcast. And I'm really excited to talk about today's topic because it's something we haven't gotten into on this podcast yet. So we're joined by an expert today. So do you want to just start off by telling us a little bit more about who you are? Yeah, sure. So thanks a lot for having me on. I'm Athena. And as you said, I'm the host of Finding Flow podcast, which covers all things women's health, uh, hormones, periods. I like to talk about all the kind of stuff that nobody really talks about that much. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I'm really passionate about spreading awareness about women's health um so I'm a podcaster I'm also a writer so um I write articles for websites and I cover sort of all different topics with that um so that's that's kind of me in a nutshell (laughs) amazing and what made you want to get into the I guess women's health direction Yeah, sure. Um, So it's something that I have like personal experience with. So I've had an eating disorder in the past. And a lot of the time when you have an eating disorder and you're very underweight and you're really undernourished, it can cause you to lose your period. There are other reasons why you can lose your period, but um, it's, it's really common in people who have eating disorders, in particular people who have anorexia. So I lost my period for about about 13 years and that that can have like really detrimental effects on your health and it wasn't really something I knew very much about at the time but now after you know learning so much about women's health I've realized how little we're actually taught about women's health and periods and hormones and all that kind of thing so it's something that I just thought we need to talk more about this so um that's kind of why I talk about it on my podcast really yeah thanks for sharing that I think like you said I mean every single woman has a period or should go through that process and we're not taught about anything about it like what it means what it actually does to our body how we can 
work with it. I think we're seeing more of that as well, how to work with your cycle. Um, and there's just so much out there that we're not taught as young girls, which is just terrifying, honestly. Yeah, it's it does worry me how little we're actually taught about it because I, I can't stress enough how important it is to have a healthy cycle and nobody, well, not, obviously the people in that kind of women's health space know how important it is but the general public just seem to have no idea (laughs) um oh my god so I guess like generally what is a period if you can just define that for us and what purposes it actually serves in the body yeah of course so I feel like the terms period and menstrual cycle are used sort of interchangeably um the menstrual cycle is sort of the 28 to 35 day cycle that women go through every month um and your period is sort of one phase of that cycle it's the menstrual phase so your period can also be called menstruation um why do we have it well I mean ultimately the reason we we have a a cycle and why we ovulate every month is for reproduction so it's like an evolutionary thing every month an egg is released and the body basically prepares for a potential pregnancy and then if the egg isn't fertilized that's when the uterine lining sheds and we have our period so you know the the main reason why we have a cycle is for reproduction but there's so much more to it than just reproduction so for example if you lose your period it's not just your fertility that is impacted. Um, it's a, basically the whole body because the reproductive hormones, so estrogen and progesterone in particular, are really important for other aspects of your health. Um, I'm sure we'll get into that later, but for example, estrogen is really essential for your bone health. It's also really essential for the health of your cardiovascular system and your brain. So if you have low estrogen, then that can lead to increased risk of other sort of medical health conditions. So, you know, our reproductive hormones, yes, their main function is, you know, to stimulate ovulation for potential pregnancies, but they also play a role in every other part of your body. Yeah, that's really interesting to hear. And things that like, you know, that if you don't have your period, other things are going to be affected, but you don't know the specifics of it. So thanks for sharing some of that. And I know there's tons more out there that it actually does impact. Um, And you mentioned hormones as well, which obviously play such a large role in the menstruation process. So I guess, are there any other specific ones that we should know about or just anything else on hormones that you want to address today? Yeah, so I mentioned estrogen and progesterone just there. And I'm sure like most of the listeners are probably familiar with those hormones. Um, Ultimately, the menstrual cycle is sort of, I guess the driver of the menstrual cycle is something called gonadotropin releasing hormone. Um, You might see it denoted as like GNRH because that's what it's usually shortened to. Um, That is sort of responsible for stimulating the production of FSH and LH, so follicle stimulating hormone and luteinizing hormone. And they are, so GNRH is released from the hypothalamus and that stimulates the anterior pituitary gland to release FSH and LH. So LH and FSH are also reproductive hormones and they are basically required for maturation of an egg. 
and that egg will ultimately then be released in that cycle and they they are responsible for telling the ovaries to produce estrogen so estrogen is is a hormone that increases in the second half of the cycle just before you have your period and it basically helps to prepare the uterus alongside progesterone um to build up the lining and prepare for a potential pregnancy um so you can see this sort of like this very fine play between all of the different hormones and if one of those is affected then it could stop your cycle um i think i mean the most common sort of hormones that are affected i think when people have say an eating disorder or they're really stressed is estrogen and progesterone um but the cycle can be impacted at any one of those levels and how about more like the emotional hormones because personally for me i know the week before i get so moody so up and down and it's just something that happens every month for me um so what you're saying i think it sounds a little more like the physical hormones that are affected um correct me if i'm wrong but like i know there's a lot of emotional changes as well so what does that look like yeah so you can thank estrogen and progesterone for all of those um horrible emotions that you get around your period um it's estrogen in particular is very closely related to your mood so when when you have a period or let's say just before your period your estrogen is really high and it just drops and that is ultimately what causes your period estrogen acts through the serotonin system in the brain so it's very closely related to your mood so when you have very low estrogen in those first few days of your period that's kind of why you feel really down or like some people can start to feel really down um so yeah it's a lot of the time your mood is really impacted by you know where you are in your cycle because of the changes in estrogen and progesterone that's so interesting to learn more about. Oh my God. And I just, I love that we're recording this and putting it out and your platform in general just talks a lot about it because so many people can benefit from this information truly. Yeah, it's it's so important and everything just interplays so closely. It's It's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. And going along with that, like the actual cycle aspect, like we said, a lot of people are learning to align their cycle to different aspects of lifestyle. So whether you want to do an specific exercise on one day of your cycle because your body's more prepared for it or sleep nutrition things like that so what can you provide on that aspect yeah of course so this is something called um cycle syncing i don't know if you've like heard of that term before but it's basically yeah the idea that you adjust your training and your nutrition based on where you are in your cycle so I actually recorded an episode about this for my podcast a couple of days ago and it's really really interesting and it's definitely something I'm going to look more into for myself because it's not really something I've done before um but to kind of give like an overview so in the menstrual cycle uh, in the menstrual phase of the menstrual cycle so when you're having your period that's when all of your hormone levels are really low and ultimately the training that you do when you're on your period kind of just depends on your preferences really like some people feel great when they're on their period and they feel like they can go to the gym every day and exercise and they just feel really energized whereas other people feel like crap and they just want to like sit on the settee all day which is fine I think a lot of the time with the menstrual 
phase it's about just what makes you feel good um nutrition wise you should really focus on like nourishing foods like foods that make you feel good so focusing on like high quality protein complex carbohydrates and also listening to your cravings because I know like a lot of women do get cravings on their period and it is important to listen to those as well but at the same time like try and balance it out with nourishing foods as well just to fuel your body with the right things when you get on to the follicular phase which is basically between your period and ovulation so like the first two weeks of your cycle basically um this is when your hormones are starting to increase again and you have a really high potential for like protein synthesis so like you have a high muscle building potential in this phase of the cycle. So if you want to focus on like resistance training and lifting weights, like now's a good time to do it. And you can focus on um, just increasing your exercise intensity a little bit. In the follicular phase, nutrition wise, you might start to get like more energy. And it's important that if you are exercising and you're increasing your intensity to just fuel your body with like good carbs and protein and healthy fats um around ovulation you are actually physiologically at your strongest around ovulation so that's usually going to be about two weeks after your period but that can vary depending on like how long your cycle is um so again like you can focus on high intensity training maybe hit training um just any kind of training that you enjoy really um around this time it's important to consume uh foods that are high in folate so things like beans um fortified like breakfast cereals vegetables because uh, that can really support ovulation sorry i feel like i'm just ranting and going through this but <laughs> there's so much information um when you get onto the luteal phase, which is like the second half of your cycle, so it's from ovulation to when you have your next period, um, this is when your hormone levels are rising a lot more and estrogen and progesterone actually peak, like sort of in this um, phase of the cycle. Um, when it comes to training, it's a good time to like dial things down because a lot of women find that they feel very lethargic and a bit just less energized in this phase of the cycle. You know, their periods coming up, they might start to get symptoms. Um, and it's a really good time to like deload, just dial things down, maybe focus on like walking, yoga, really low intensity cardio, that kind of thing. And nutrition wise, again, it's, it's always important to nourish yourself with like enough energy even if you aren't doing too much exercise in particular in the luteal phase it's good to focus on magnesium rich foods because that will support energy production which can help to like fight against that fatigue that you might be feeling um magnesium rich foods include things like um fatty fish eggs leafy green vegetables nuts seeds just all of that kind of thing um, you should also focus on eating foods that are high in um, vitamin B6 um, and lots of healthy fats because both of those can support progesterone production during this phase of the cycle. Um, vitamin B6 rich foods are generally going to be things like fish, poultry, 
Um, I'm trying to think of plant-based sources, legumes and beans and dairy yogurt and like healthy fat-rich foods are things like, again, fish, um, avocados, nuts, seeds, that kind of thing. Um, so that was a really quick <laughs> rundown of like training and nutrition around the cycle. Um, it's definitely something I would like recommend for women to try out and just see if they can work with their cycle because they'll feel a lot better if they do that. Yeah, that is so much beneficial information. And I definitely have to go listen to that episode and take notes. Um, But I just think it's so interesting to hear like what we can actually do to work with our cycle. Like you said, like whether we're planning meals for the week and we know where we're at and we know that these foods are going to help us feel more energized because I think a lot of people like me, I, like I said, the week before for me is always really iffy and I'm down and up and just all the emotions. Um, and that affects my sleep, my appetite, my energy. So there's just so many things that I think I could be doing better myself to work with it. Um, and that way I can like make the most of the cycle because it's going to happen regardless. So I think this information is really, really key. Yeah, exactly right. (laughs) Um, And going along with irregular periods, so a lot of people, I think, do experience this eating disorders, underweight, people with just different health concerns as well. So what are some common symptoms or actual conditions associated with that? Yeah, so um, the symptoms of irregular periods will depend on the cause of the irregular periods. So I think two of the main symptoms, conditions that cause irregular periods are PCOS and hypothalamic amenorrhea. So PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, the symptoms of that, there is a bit of crossover between PCOS and HA, but they are sort of very different at the same time. So the symptoms of PCOS are associated with high testosterone. And that's like a really key indicator that someone has PCOS over hypothalamic amenorrhea if they get a blood test and they have really high androgen levels so like testosterone levels then that's like a really key indicator um other symptoms of pcos are um acne uh, facial hair hair on like the back and the chest weight gain and generally in pcos the periods they they can have regular periods but their their cycles are very long so they can have cycles that are like 60 days long instead of the normal 28 to 35 days if it's hypothalamic amenorrhea um oh actually another symptom of PCOS sorry is on an ultrasound if they have their ovary scanned there will be a lot of follicles and that's sort of where you get like the polycystic ovaries cuz there's like a lot of follicles that look like little beads on the ovaries. Um, you can also have polycystic ovaries if you have hypothalamic amenorrhea, but you don't have PCOS. I know that's really complicated, but you can have a lot of follicles if you have HA. <laughs> um, and other symptoms of HA are are associated with having very low hormone levels. So things like feeling really tired, feeling cold all the time, having really thin hair, dry skin, brittle nails, um, feeling anxious, irritability, uh, depression, the list could go on. Um, There are a lot of different symptoms that indicate someone might have HA. um, And the main one, obviously, is being 
the lack of a period. So in PCOS, they can have a period, but it's usually very irregular and the cycles are very long. In HA, usually they just don't have a period at all. Um, so yeah, there's just some of the the symptoms. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I like how you address that it's not just like the lack of a period because there are so many other things that can happen that impact the cycle as a whole. So it's important to make that distinction. Um, and it's really eye-opening too to see. I've seen a lot of people post about PCOS recently um, where I haven't even heard of it before. Some influencers and people online have been posting about it. So it's good knowledge to have, especially if you start noticing signs in yourself or things start to change in your cycle. You can kind of address that and then go see a professional or do things to align with your cycle again. Yeah, exactly right. I think it's really important if you if you suspect that, you know, you do have an underlying condition or if your period is a bit AWOL and it's all over the place, it is important to get checked out because, you know, if you do have an underlying medical condition, you can then either resolve it or manage it. Um, With HA, so hypothalamic amenorrhea, that is sort of treatable um, with the right behavioural changes. Why can I not say Mm -hmm. that? you can get your period back with PCOS. It's a chronic condition that you you don't overcome it. You just manage it and it is 100% manageable, but it's important to speak to a professional just so you can get that help. It's hmm, very interesting. And just as you're talking, I'm like, why have I never heard any of this? How do you know all of this? And like, why do you think there's actually just such a stigma and lack of education around periods and just women's health in general? Honestly, I don't know. I really don't know. (laughs) All of the things that I'm telling you today is available out there to read. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I do a lot of reading you know, I've read some books, articles, I've gone through some of it myself. And, you know, it's, it's all out there and it's accessible, but it's just, you have to find it instead of it coming to you, if that makes sense. Like, you know, in schools, we're not really taught anything about periods. And I think that's, I don't really know why that that's the case, really. I think it probably just stems from, you know, old-fashioned ways of thinking where it's a bit like women aren't that important so we don't really need to learn about them and I think the education system just needs to catch up a little bit yeah and even just like the stigma like you know when you have your period in school and you have to hide your tampon because you don't want anybody else to know that you're on your period or whatever and there's just so much like internal I guess battle against that and so many people are just scared to talk about it which is mind-boggling because it is just a normal natural thing yeah, I don't understand that. I I don't get it because it's not embarrassing. It's something that every woman goes through. And I I think there has been there are more people speaking about these kind of issues, but it, there's definitely a long way to go. Um and I just hope that in the future like more information will be out there for people to learn. Absolutely. Uh, And I guess going along with that, I love doing some myth busting. So are there any period myths that you want to highlight today? Oh, God, there's so many I could could bring up. I think I think a really important one, and I kind of mentioned this earlier, but periods are not just about fertility. And if you don't have your period, 
it's it's not just oh I can't have kids because there might be some women out there who don't have a period but they don't want children so they don't think there's an issue um but like I said earlier all the hormones that are behind the menstrual cycle are so important um if you don't have a period you have an increased risk of osteoporosis so like brittle bones um which means they can break easier and you can you could just fall over and break a bone really easily um you have an increased risk of heart disease um again cuz estrogen has like a protective effect on the blood vessels and the heart you have an increased risk of dementia again because of low estrogen like it's so it's so important and it's really scary to think about the effects of of not having a period um so that's one and i think a second one um one that I don't know whether this is like common knowledge or not, but you're actually only like the egg is only there for one day of the month. So there's only one day of the month that that egg can get fertilized and you can get pregnant. You can't get pregnant at every stage of your cycle. Um, And I I think a lot of people think that if they have like unprotected sex and they're just going to get pregnant like straight away. And the egg is actually only there for 24 hours. (laughs) So I, that's a common myth. <laughs> you know, I didn't know that at all. So that's like the only time you can actually get fertile would be in that 24-hour period. Yeah, well, I mean, technically, you're fertile for six days of the month. But that's because sperm can live in the uterus for about five to six days. So if you have sex five days before that egg is released you could technically get pregnant because the sperm will live in your uterus. The egg gets released five days later and it then fertilizes it. But the actual egg is only there for 24 hours before it turns into something else. And then basically you have your period. Um, So technically there's like five or six days that you can get pregnant, but the egg's only there for one. If that, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It does make sense. And it's something, I don't (laughs) think it's common knowledge at all. I don't think anybody knows that. (laughs) Unless you're, I guess, trying to get pregnant, I'm sure you have more information on your own cycle and fertility there. But no, that's really interesting. And it's good to know because, I mean, I have my like menstrual cycle app that I try to track and it tells me what day I'm on. And none of it makes any sense to me because I've just never, I guess, paid attention to it. So now after talking to you, hopefully I'll have a better understanding of what all that actually means. (laughs) yeah it's it's definitely quite complicated but I think it's really good to be in tune with your cycle and you know using those apps and things can be really helpful um especially if you want to get pregnant or if you don't want to get pregnant then you can learn about your cycle and when you ovulate so you know when to have sex or when to not have sex to like avoid getting pregnant or get pregnant if you want to Yeah, no. And it's really helpful to know just, I guess, as a general woman in society to know like how your body's being affected at certain days of the month and what's the best, I guess, sexual practices. Um, And again, just lifestyle, like your exercise, nutrition, I think a lot of what you shared can be really beneficial depending on where you're at in your cycle. Yeah, I really hope so. I hope (laughs) some people have like taken something away from this and can, you know, put it into practice. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess wrapping up, um, if there was one thing or two things that you want to leave anybody listening today who experienced periods about whether it's their bodies, the menstruation process, or just overall health, what would it be? Yeah. Oh, I think, 
I think the main takeaway would be two things. So the first one, if you don't have a period, if it's gone missing, if it's irregular, if you have really, really heavy periods or they're really painful, like go and get checked out because it's probably a hormonal imbalance and, you know, addressing that will bring your period back, make it less painful, whatever. Um, The second thing is, it's kind of what we just mentioned there. I think try and track your cycle, uh, use one of those apps, track your temperatures, your cervical mucus. I have um, an episode coming out on my podcast about how to track your cycle, but there's loads out there. So just start tracking so that you can learn more about your cycle and ovulation and that kind of thing. Amazing. Yeah. And I'm definitely going to put the link to your podcast in the episode notes so people can go learn more. I know I'm definitely going to have to listen to a few to learn more about my own cycle. Um, But Athena, this has been amazing and very, very informative. So thank you so much for all the work you do to help educate other people and to now put it out on my platform. Hopefully people will be able to take some things away. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. It's been so much fun. (laughs) I'm still just in shock that this happens to me every month. I have my period every month. I go through this menstruation cycle. And as I said, I have the app so I know when the actual period is coming. But other than that, I have no clue what's going on with my body. And even when I'm on my period, there are so many things happening internally that really I just ignore because I know I'm bleeding and I have to deal with the bleeding. But the hormones, the egg, the everything... It is actually wild to hear, especially when it's happening to you and it's something that you've never paid attention to. So yeah, just first off, huge shout out Athena for everything you do. I think this topic is so, so important in reducing the shame and just actually providing that information to young girls and people so that they know what's actually happening with their bodies in different ways that they can align their cycle. But also I think the conversation around PCOS and HA and just not getting your period is also a very important one because it is something that I've seen growing up as well, especially as a high-level athlete. There were a lot of girls around me, me included, who weren't getting their period for some time and that was just chalked up to being super active, increased stress, and then you get people saying like, oh, you're so lucky you don't get your period. You don't have to go through this, but there's actually so many other health concerns involved with that. So it is important to just stay aware and informed of what's going on with you specifically, whether that includes keeping a doctor in the loop, seeing a gynecologist, whatever your specific situation looks like. But yeah, I definitely just learned so much from having this conversation and I truly, truly hope you did as well. I am definitely going to try to look into more of the aligning with your cycle stuff. Like I said, it's something that's really interesting to me and it is a lot to attack at once. So I think I'm going to first focus on the exercise aspect and really just do some more research to start on what types of workout might be best for me, where I'm at in my cycle and see how that makes me feel. And I don't know, then I'll move on to nutrition and just see how that goes. But yeah, I'm just blown away by how much I did not know. And most people don't know, unfortunately. So thank you so, so much for listening to this week's episode of The Revolutionized Mind. If you haven't already, I ask that you please, please take a quick second to rate and review the show. And I hope to see you back here next Friday when I release a new episode. Bye.